0: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Empower Hour podcast. I am your host, Cameron Woods, um, and today I am joined by the lovely and the incredible Kenya Dunn. Hi, Kenya. How's it going? Hi, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of the podcast um, and having the opportunity to just talk about your experience. Um, And I really hope this is an opportunity to kind of elevate your voice and your platform um, you and I had an opportunity to talk about a couple, talk a couple weeks ago, um, and as I, I told you after the follow-up, I was just blessed by, by speaking with you thank and you. hearing your story. Um, so I was excited to have you on. So thank you again for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited about the conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, so just for everyone to know who's listening a little bit about yourself, kind of just give us, you know, kind of, you know, as much as you want to provide on your background.
1: Yeah, so thank you again for having me. My name is Kenya Dunn, and I am actually coming to you guys from Charleston, Mm -hmm. South Carolina. So I am a Southern woman, for sure, (laughs) uh, who is well-traveled, though. You know, my career uh, had extended and gave me opportunities to live in different places throughout the U.S. I'll tell you, there's no place like home. So um, from a career perspective, I am Mm -hmm. a an experienced corporate executive. I worked in uh, um, a few different industries. I've worked in financial services and insurance. Over my time, um, I've worked in cable, telephone, and internet, and my most recent career was actually in wireless. So Mm -hmm. I have, um, most of my background is in um, leadership development, um, training, quality, that, that was where I got my education, so I actually have my um, undergrad in business management. And, you know, like every other college student when you graduate college <laughs> would be, you need a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I found myself in training and development. Later in my career, or probably midway into my career, I transitioned into people leadership mm-hmm. and responsible for um, delivering results. Um, with large groups of people. And I'd like to say that that's what I'm known for, is that I can activate large groups of people to accomplish sure. complex goals and do it well. So um, yeah, my positions that I've held, um, training manager, um, leadership development manager, I cross over into director. I've been the director of customer service inside mm-hmm. of an organization before, director of say, retail sales, and then Regional Vice President of Retail and Direct Sales. I've held a gamut of responsibilities, um, Mm -hmm. and I would sum it up one way. God has given me just this great opportunity to have a career where I was impacting lives and helping people to reach the best parts of themselves. So that's a little bit about my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a mother. two beautiful children. Uh, They are not kids. They're children. My son actually (laughs) just celebrated his 21st birthday
0: Oh, happy uh, birthday he's too. A,
1: yeah he's a senior in college um with he's preparing for the LSAT to go to law school mm-hmm. and my daughter yeah that's what I said I'm proud <laughs> of him my daughter's actually a senior in high school so we have graduations next year we got one graduating from college undergrad and the other graduating from high school um and you know I have to brag on my daughter she's a force within herself she's a leader in yeah. her school um in the community and um mm-hmm. and i'm married I, i'm married to mckendrick dunn and i've known him since the eighth grade you No, know, oh, we, uh, we did not date in the eighth grade <laughs> we've been friends a very long time so mm-hmm. that's a little bit about me
0: oh thanks so much for sharing um it, incredible and i, I remember uh, us talking what was the the time in between from you know kind of being over the the, the the call center to uh, your regional vice president was in seven years.
1: So oh, actually, I went from being a frontline manager. Frontline manager uh, yes. from a frontline manager to regional vice president within eight years.
0: Eight years, which yes. is unheard of. So I mean, this is a testament of her yeah. power <laughs> of everything that you could accomplish. That's that's amazing to hear. Um, you. So you are no longer in that role, correct? Okay.
1: I am not. So um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I decided to step away from corporate America to um, start my own company and to really um, lean into doing more of what I believe I did inside corporate America, but um, Mm -hmm. without the restrictions of the four walls of corporate America, of course. Uh, And so what I do now is I actually help Um, I consult, I have a coaching and consulting business where I help businesses develop growth strategies um, through a lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so um, people always ask me, so are you an expert in diversity, equity, and inclusion? (laughs) I'm not. I'm an expert in business um,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and and business growth. And and, uh, I just so happen to do it through a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. And the way that I've always led Every team that I've always had, I wanted mm-hmm. to create a sense of belonging, um, where everyone knew that they belonged and that they had value uh, to right. the team and to the business. So that's what I'm doing today um, in Charleston, mainly. Most of my clients are here. My largest client is actually the oldest of commerce in the U.S., which is Charleston wow. Metro Chamber. 1,700 mm-hmm. companies representing 165,000 employees. and. Wow. If you do the math, it represents around 600,000 people when you consider Mm -hmm. the families that are connected. So um, that's that's some hard work for me, hard work for me uh, to help (laughs) really get businesses, business leaders to uh, look at how they're running their business, how they're hiring, how they're going into new markets uh, through the lens of diversity, equity, inclusion, and how do you maximize not only talent, uh, but customer engagement product
0: development as well. Yeah, and because we know that when the diversity, equity and inclusion are taken into consideration, it's gonna always help the bottom line. You know, you can always relate Without a
1: doubt.
0: Yeah. Um, So um, hearing you speak about the business growth and then your experience of being, you know, regional vice president in corporate America, I know that um, as you kind of rose into your position, there started to be less people that look like you, versus whether it's your race or whether it's your gender. Um, So can you kind of speak about the importance of intersectionality, especially in a time right now, and how you know it's not just the verse of having women, it's not just the verse of having uh black people, but when you get those people who have those different lived experiences, is that really is going to help uh, interact and uh are, become inclusive of the business goals? I'm
1: a storyteller, so I'll tell you. Uh, I'll just take. I'll do my best to keep
0: it okay. as short as possible. Take your
1: time. But. Um, I remember a conversation inside my last organization about this very same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so so the conversation was around a um, growth strategy for the future of retail marketing in the company. And at the time, the market director, which were sales directors, um, there were 33 sales directors. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was one of the 33 before I got promoted. And so, at the time when I was a director, there were four women out of the 33. Um, and then when I got promoted, I was re- backfield replaced by a man. And then I had a peer who left the organization for an opportunity and she got replaced by a man. So, and then there were two. And so I remember calling my boss and saying, hey, like, what's going on? Um, do we see what's happening uh, in the leadership space with retail directors? And he asked me, you know, what are you talking about? And I said, I mean, you're, you're continuing to backfill these roles with men. You're forgetting that when you look into the retail stores, when you look at the district manager, like there's a lot more diversity. Women are running stores, women are running districts. Mm-hmm. When you talk about a market, we are dwindling that number. I wanted to bring it to your attention because it's either saying you're sending a message. Every decision you make as a leader sends a message. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So you're sending a message and we have to stop and ask ourselves, what message are we sending? What message are we intending to send? And, you know, after a very um, uncomfortable, probably more uncomfortable for him than it was for me, (laughs) conversation, he got the point, but it came down to one thing. And I said, um, so do you because his, his rebuttal to me was, no, there are plenty of women directors, and he named these women, and they were all in what we called inside the organization support mm-hmm. which are very valuable roles to the organization, and that's amazing if that's right. where you want to be. What mm-hmm. I said to him was, so that's fine, but where's the real money made? The real money, high comp- high compensation, Roles mm-hmm. are in the field. It right. is roles that are the market director that are ultimately going to lead to my position and your position. So, women want to be major breadwinners in their families too. Mm-hmm. If, their, um, if their skills and education and desires align to that. Yeah. And I think we have to make sure that we're giving them this opportunity. I share that story because when I think about intersectionality, so for me personally, I was. Um, when I first joined the team, I was one of two females, and then I went down to just by myself, and mm-hmm. I was the only African American. Um, so intersectionality certainly was a real, a real space that I lived in because I think intersectionality is about lived experiences. It is about like mm-hmm. r- bringing my whole self right uh, right to work right, mm-hmm. and so I'm a woman surrounded by men, and I'm a black person surrounded mm-hmm. by white people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I always think is super important is that, um, I don't have to wear that on my, on my, my badge, right? Because you can see I'm a woman and you can see that I'm black, but I do want to have a voice that represents Mm -hmm. both of those, um, both of those groups of people, right? I found myself having to not only speak up For women in the organization, but I also had to speak for people of color in the organization as a person of color sitting at the table. So, not sure if that answered your question entirely. (laughs) I think (laughs) intersectionality is such a it's such an important um, consideration. It's such an important Mm -hmm. conversation, um, but sometimes I think we we might try to overcomplicate it. It's really about like let me bring my whole self.
0: And yeah, then when exactly. you're in those
1: rooms, it is also about representing your whole
0: self. Yeah. Yeah. And not being afraid, having an environment where you're not afraid to bring your whole self and to speak about your experiences, that will ultimately help the business.
1: Even if it means you have to fight.
0: And you have to fight. <laughs> you're going to have to fight, which as Even you were it- telling your story, it made me think, um, you know, you saying you're having that uncomfortable and I'm sure it's uncomfortable for uh, the person you were speaking with how do you engage in those uncomfortable conversations around race and gender in those type of environments? Especially when it's coming from a place of constructive criticism or like this is going to help Uh, Mm -hmm. see see the the blind spots. How does one uh, engage in those conversations?
1: There are a couple of things that I suggest. Um, One is considering the culture, right? Mm -hmm. So one is about the culture of, of the organization. I was very fortunate to work for an organization that has a at a culture of communication and openness, and you, know, you you if you spoke up quickly, you were heard. So I was mm-hmm. very fortunate to be in that situation. But I'll tell you, even in that environment, even at that company, these conversations were uncomfortable, yeah. mm-hmm. and so power dynamics certainly would show up. Right? Like right. I got the power, so I mean, leave me alone, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So one is the culture. The other thing that you have to do is I always tell people that it starts with you so it starts with me to be mm-hmm. really clear about you know what I will do what I won't do who I am mm-hmm. uh, and, and you have to be so committed in that because that's where your seat of your courage lives right um, the seat of my courage lives in the fact that I recognize the opportunity I had being in that role and mm-hmm. I every time, whether I'm in my own region, whether I'm in regions of my peers or on webcasts and thousands and thousands of people are texting my phone, they're on my social media they're yeah. clearly letting me know we see you, we mm-hmm. need you we, you know, we like help us be seen so yeah. I was very convicted in that and, and that was where the seat of my courage lies is that, you know what I'm not going to be silent because mm-hmm. if I'm silent and it'll never be heard because I am—I sit in the position of power in right. this moment. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. And then more practical, practical, When it gets really uncomfortable for me, Cameron, what I do is I write down what I'm going to say, um, and I write Same. it out more of what's the message that I'm really trying to give, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also it helps me to be clear about what I want to say. More importantly, it also helps me to work through the emotions that are tied to it. Right. I try to do my best to keep the emotions at a minimum. I am not mm-hmm. a believer that I leave the emotion out of it. I think for some people that may be easy. That's not easy mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. I am an emotional being and I embrace right. her. So mm-hmm. I don't try to leave her out. I do try to make sure that she's not leading mm-hmm. the conversation yeah. and writing things. <laughs> I like on. that. Right? Writing things out helps me to clear that. It helps me to get in a space where I can hear just as much as um, I'm talking also. So that's a practical tip that I would. And then scheduling time for those conversations. Like, don't surprise people with those type conversations. (laughs) Ask for time, um, ask for, and and, and don't be afraid to say, this is what I want to talk about. Because you're giving people an opportunity to get their own, go through their own process, right? Mm -hmm. So I am very well known for saying, hey, I'm looking for some time on your calendar because I want to talk about the comment that was made in the meeting, or I Mm want to talk about my concern around these things, because I don't want you to be surprised the first time I start talking, because then your ability to hear me may be hindered. So those are some tips. Uh, And then be ready to have the conversation more than one time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It it might have to
1: happen more than one
0: time. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna sound, you may sound like uh, just you're repeating the same thing, but some people need to hear it different ways, different times, Uh, and I really like the scheduling time piece because it it also shows the importance of what we're gonna talk about. Mm -hmm. It's so important Mm -hmm. that this isn't a, hey, let me step into your office right quick. We need 30 minutes on your calendar to engage about this. You have time to prepare, I have time to prepare, and we can go into this in a very constructive manner. I, I really like that a lot. Yeah.
1: It, it, I found that most times it works, mm-hmm. um, most times. Uh, and the yeah. times that it doesn't, you know, it's like anything else, you can do your best, but sometimes your best is just gonna yield mediocre or not good results. Uh, that yeah. doesn't mean that the process wasn't a good process.
0: Yeah, that's smart, yeah. So, um, another question I have for you. Yeah. Uh, what has been, what do you think is your, has been your biggest challenge or setback in your life? Uh, and how did you overcome it? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> biggest in my life? Um, so
1: the, so the, the, the beauty of aging is that in my life, to grow <laughs> right. <laughs> like uh, right? in my life continues to grow as uh-huh. I grow so I'll tell you the the thing that's standing out for me in this moment when you ask this question and it is when I was in high school my, my transition from high school to college and then to, into the workplace and what mm-hmm. I was experiencing on that journey was really getting in a place of comfort that I'm different. Um, And what I mean by different is I was like last president in high school my whole four Mm -hmm. years, like all that stuff. But I feel there was this thing inside of me that I still wanted to try to fit in. There was Mm -hmm. also this thing inside of me that says you're different. And so I distinctly remember battling with that all the way through high school, all the way through mm-hmm. college, and even when I got into the workplace. And it wasn't until I embraced that I am I'm not conventional in my thoughts and the way that I um, moved through my life, mm-hmm. that I was able to really stand in my own power yeah. and stand in the seat of who God really made me be. And the impact I was really mm-hmm. able to make after that was exponential. And then my success just took off.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that, that is what I would, when I think about everything, the moment that changed me mm-hmm. and how I overcame those challenges. One, I'm an avid reader. I'm an avid okay. reader. I always have at least two books going at any <laughs> one time. So I read, I read, I read. The other mm-hmm. thing is I come from a very spiritually connected family. Um, so mm-hmm. my mom has always been uh, teaching us about how, how to connect with your spirituality with God, mm-hmm. you know, and then you know my grandmother, like holiness Pentecostal. So like yeah. like I just <laughs> surrounded by understanding that God is real. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing is just I really leaned into developing my own spiritual practice. Like what does that mean for me? So mm-hmm. that I can, I always ask God, and I still ask Him to this day, who do you say I am? Come on. Um, and because, you know, self doubt can make me say other things, other people mm-hmm. say other things, good right. or bad, right? Even intentions, the try to put stuff on you that, that's not mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. And so I always add that is a prayer of mine, Your yeah. God, who do you say I am?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that is helpful. That has been helpful for me. And then once I started, I remember this moment that I thought I had to like get it all at one time, like, oh, I'm going to be like big company. Mm-hmm. And when I met a mentor in my career, she taught me value in these steps. And so as I learned a little bit more about who God said I was, I didn't sit and wait, to let that shine until I got the rest. Just let yeah. that part of me shine, mm-hmm. and as I shined, now I believe that in order for God to do, in order for God to work, we must do. So right. right? So then I realized, okay, I got to do something with this little bit he mm-hmm. shown me, and then He'll add to it. Exactly. And that was the turning point for me. Yeah. Is like each step. If you only do one thing, do that one thing, do it well, mm-hmm. and He'll yeah. add to it.
0: That's, this is the second time I'm speaking to the audience. The second time that I've offered to give offering to Kenya because she keeps <laughs> preaching, <laughs> she's <laughs> preaching over me, um, and I I receive it like this again. I didn't I didn't have to go to the church house for this. I'm so happy that I'm getting this this free uh, sermon. And uh, as you were as you were talking and giving just that amazing testimony. Uh, I, was, I was chuckling in my head because I literally just had this conversation with my best friend yesterday. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about how um, the way that we think and the way that we process and kind of just live life, it changes when we give ourselves permission to be, to be who God created us to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you had that, that mentor, I was telling a story about how my mom, I just remember being young, and probably complaining to her about something that I saw someone else do or I saw something on the news. I'm like, I don't understand why people think like that. Why can't people just be nice and understanding And S, Y, and Z? And I remember her just saying, like, Cameron, everyone is not going to think the way you think. Everyone is not going to see the world the way you see the world. And hearing that at a young age has guided me from the rest of my life. Um, like you like wanted to fit in but knowing that I'm different so seeing these things happen but in my mind I'm like yeah I don't I don't agree with this I don't really I don't like yeah. that I see yeah. where you're coming from but I don't like it but hearing her voice of like everyone is not going to get it has allowed me to give it's seeing grace to a lot of other yeah. people and it's seeing grace to myself um yeah. and not getting it so that's I'm that's, my it. that's yeah. it that's
1: a that's <laughs> a blessing
0: yeah. Yeah. Giving ourselves grace? permission. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that grace is a real thing. Like we Yes, need it is. It and we yes. have to give it, receive it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because where, where would we be without it? Yeah, totally. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. So uh, what is something that excites you about life right now?
1: Something that excites me about life right now is that I am in a position to really make the impact that I feel like this next stage of my life, this next chapter in my life is calling me to. Uh, And so I'm very excited about, Mm -hmm. you know, the Power Tribe. I know I told you about the Power Tribe. Yes. It really is, I'm excited that, that I've been allowed, that God has allowed me. See the work that I was doing inside of the corporate world, mm-hmm. um, and how it was prepping me for this yeah. work today. Um, and so I'm excited to get the opportunity to play the role. I tell people, you know, people say they, what's the, what's the role of your spirit self? And people mm-hmm. say, my role of my spirit self is coach, right? So I I, I, I'm I'm not a teacher. I'm more of a coach because I'm trying to tap into your your God-given talent. And I'm right. willing to run beside you and help you identify that and create mm-hmm. a playbook and, you know, and then hold you accountable to that thing. And even like you a real hard time when you start forgetting the plays, um, all for the point of the prize. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about the opportunity to do that yeah. for others, um, my own time and my own space without <laughs> limitations, without restrictions. Right. And I'm just, that gets me out of bed every morning. I'm very excited
0: about that. I love it. Uh, Can you tell us more about uh, Power Tribe and your your coaching and who who it targets?
1: Yeah, so Power Tribe is, um, I I always have to tell how I got to the Power Tribe. So allow me to, but um, so when I decided to leave corporate America, it was a divine calling. It was a calling that literally, I heard God say, your assignment here is over. And, you know, as you can imagine, being in a regional vice president role, highly visible, highly influential Mm -hmm. role, is not something easy to walk away from um, and highly compensated, right? Yeah. So, um, like, it's not an easy thing to walk away from, but literally I knew God was saying, listen, time is up. And so I leave. And after about three months, went through this whole process of like burdens and blessings and all. And then I just kind of was in my secret space with God and I was like, okay, God, for real. Like, why did you tell me to leave my big job, right? Like, Hmm. I liked what I was doing. And we were good, right? You had to tell me like, for real, for real, it must be something (laughs) big that you have me doing that I walked away from my job. Right. So, what he put in my spirit was um, the Power Tribe and, and how it was That he helped me to start recalling and seeing all the work that I had done inside of corporate America to help women, particularly women of color, people of color, move in their careers, grow their careers. And so what I was doing inside corporate America was I was fighting the we need more seats at the table, we need our voices, blah, blah, blah. But I was also having to reach back and coach. Because right. people weren't ready, like people were literally. I'm scared. I don't know that I can do it. And so I was spending a ton of time doing both. Mm-hmm. And so God showed me that that's your work. That even though it was really stressful for you, you're still supposed to be out here outside of the four walls of that organization, creating space, right? So literally, mm-hmm. kind of like if you think I'm, I'm a football fan, but yeah. if you think about. The, the, uh, the O-line and you got the running mm-hmm. back, right? So the O-line creates a hole for the running back to run and so I was like the O-line creating mm-hmm. a hole, yeah. then my running back wasn't ready. So then I also <laughs> had to get the running back ready. Uh-huh. So the Power Tribe is at work. It's a fee-based community where you join our tribe, you join. Um, what we do is, these are influential women who seek, who have a proven track record of success. They sit on boards are in leadership positions in organizations, and they're all women of color. They're mm-hmm. willing to do two things. They're willing to use their um, influence to create more seats inside organizations, and they're also willing to use their experience and what they've learned to teach, to prepare women right. of color to come in. We're, like We are preparing these running backs as we're making a hole for them to mm-hmm. run through. And yeah, so like the Power Tribe is, and it's based on Titus 2, right? older should mm-hmm. teach the younger older in experience and in track record. Because one of the things I found so valuable to my own personal career growth whole eight year journey Mm -hmm. was because I had three women in particular, many others who came in, other people, three women in particular who literally said, we are going to make sure you move through this organization. And by the time I got to regional vice president, none of them were even at company. But mm-hmm. um, they did that for me. And so I understand the value in that experience, in that teaching, and that willingness to say, no, 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 you mm-hmm. can do it. And I'm going to teach you, even if I have to put the words in your mouth, I'm right. put the words in your mouth until you find your own words. So that's what the Power Tribe is. And it is focused on women of color, uh, all women of color, not just African-American women. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I believe that women of color should be in every room decisions are being made we're not in enough of those rooms and Mm -hmm. if we are, there's too few of us or our voices cannot be as strong as they should be um, because there's strength in numbers and so that is my goal and it it is a global organization I'm actually, I'm trying to create a global sisterhood where women of color across the globe Impacting mm-hmm. because let's face it, Cameron, women of color gave birth, black women gave birth yes. to this earth. Yes. So we have the power to heal, we mm-hmm. have the power
0: to move this earth forward, and we should be doing that. So that's what the power tribe is. I, I, I love, I can't get enough of how much I love the program and love what you're doing, and I agree wholeheartedly, which is why I have been excited to host this uh, podcast um, so I can give just. I can do my part in making sure that women of color are heard. Um, so it, it leads me to my next question of how do you, how do you advise, how do you think that men can continually support uh, women of color, whether it's professionally, personally, anything, what can we be doing?
1: First thing that comes to mind for me is men have to be intentional about using their influence and their power and understanding Mm-hmm. do have power um, by the way that the system has been structured, right?
0: Great. If yeah. you're
1: just thinking about the workplace, the workplace was created when women were at home. Mm-hmm. Much less, we're not even talking about race. If we just go right. on gender, the workplace was created for men by men. So the mm-hmm. power dynamic automatically says it shifts toward you. Great. So how do you be intentional about... Um, about where are we where is she Mm -hmm. her voice Mm -hmm. um, you know um, being a mentor right i some of my best mentors are men because Mm -hmm. they can push me in a space that's not necessarily natural to me Mm -hmm. um so being a mentor is another way and then the, the, the last thing i'll say is defend us i've seen plenty of times where we've needed and i personally have needed to and my male counterpart have not done that in a way that sends a message that she matters she belongs Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about the hey I'm going to call you after this meeting kind of sulk with you I don't Mm -hmm. need nobody sulking with you (laughs) I need someone to come and stand up for me and defend me in the Mm -hmm. moment in a space that then elevates Changes the power dynamic, the shift right from me mm-hmm. to you, yeah. So that's what I that's what I would offer. And the third one is tough, right? It, yeah, it's very tough because you're risking your own reputation, mm-hmm. you're risking all of that. But again, that's what we need,
0: absolutely. Um, and I mean, I think all of it is tough because it requires men, it requires us to recognize our privilege, that male privilege is a thing, uh, especially. Uh, to my brothers black men, we don't always like to talk about the privilege that we hold in um, mm-hmm. the power dynamics so it we have to be checked on it um, and then realize that you know we, we know what it it means to be on the other side. so let's make sure that women, uh, black women, other women of color are not getting the same things that we get. So
1: yeah, I always say don't be a, don't, don't get stuck insecure in your bag. Yeah you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then you forget. That, yeah. you know the re- and I call it the responsibility of leadership the responsibility mm-hmm. of promotion the responsibility like if you put it through the, the mind of it, it's a responsibility then it mm-hmm. takes some of the pressure off right, right. Of course right. you know I'm thinking about Luke 12 right to whom much yeah. to whom much is required. Exactly. So um, like don't get so caught up in securing your own bag. you forget there's a responsibility that comes with this and it mm-hmm. is not just to the mighty dollar.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. that that will lead you down the, right, the wrong path every time, <laughs> every, every time. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so last question, uh, a little fun one. What is your Howard song of the week? You know, what song is giving you life encouragement? Um, and also, since you talk about books and that you're reading, I'm curious to know what you're what you're reading right now.
1: Okay, I can tell you what I'm reading right now is. Um... So, The Memo by Minda Hartz. Okay. So, it's the Black Woman's Guide to Getting a Seat at the Table. I'm reading that, actually, as a part of our tribe. So, we have a, um, we do a book, kind of a book club. So, we're working through that book together. But what I'm reading for myself is, excuse me, True Self, False Self. And Mm -hmm. it is, um, call it a book, it's by uh, Richard... Roar, and he actually is a um, he was a Catholic priest turn, and he's been going through the spiritual transformation. It's very interesting, but it's a book of, it's like a lecture series So mm-hmm. some of the lectures that he's done. So it, it's a book, but not really a story. Yeah. Um, okay. so, so I just started that, um, mm-hmm. really just at the beginning of it. It's, it's um, really interesting so far. Um, but my power song, <laughs> it, listen i and i told you i'm, I'm emotional and i own that so <laughs> it all depends but for this week what i've been playing on repeat is do your own thing by um mia mona Youssef. okay and, yeah so mia mona Youssef, her song do your own thing it's just it's like this old just doing you and mm-hmm. don't worry about what other people think or what other people's expectations are. Right, right. You. But it's all under this undertone of be true to who God made you to be. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not like do you and be careless. It's right. about like do you your best you. Um so I that that's been on repeat, but it, it it's a lot of play on my <laughs> it does get a lot of play.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm building a Empower Hour um, kind of playlist of everyone I'm interviewing I'm asking them what their power songs are. So hopefully yeah. the more I get into it, I'm going to have a whole playlist of songs that uplift or encourage to just give energy. Um, that,
1: one, to- that one's good because when I have to, especially if I know that I'm going into a pretty um, tough conversation. Where mm-hmm. I can anticipate that perhaps my own thoughts and beliefs are going to be challenged, and I need to be committed to showing up and just being right.
0: Like yeah, the song
1: does it for me every time, like it's on blast. I love it. I'm brushing my teeth, <laughs> and like getting ready,
0: I'm, I'm suiting up. I love it, I love it. Uh, I I'll say my power song this week. I I haven't heard the song, I came in last time, I've heard the song on the radio but it just came into my mind. Uh, it was Good News by Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Uh, oh, Justin wow. Uh, it just, I was just falling asleep and I heard her saying, you know, Sunday we heard the news, you know, Monday you're, you're crying, Wednesday you're praying and mm-hmm. this, like, it's just, it just fell asleep and it was on my spirit. And I had to listen to it. And I listened to it like three times in a row the other morning and it was just, it was encouraging. Um, not that yeah. anything was going on. It was just always know that good news is coming. Um, if you just, you know, you stay the course, you stay prayed up, and you stay covered.
1: And how appropriate in such a time as this, right? Like yes. there's a lot of heaviness. Yes. So that's a good song. I'm I already, I'm over here like putting on my phone, looking it up, you know, I'm,
0: looking, <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it too. It's, <laughs> it, it's an amazing song. And yes, uh, the past week, um, wow, has just been heavy for uh, people and especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it was, it was greatly needed to have a song about good news. It's always gonna come. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Kenya, thank you so much for your time. Um, this has been incredible speaking with you. I know it won't be my last time speaking with you. Um, I hope You are someone I, I just definitely uh, know and need to have in my network. Uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank Susan Freeman for connecting us. Um, and the yes, you, Institute Susan. of Inclusion. Thank, thank you, Susan, <laughs> um, for always supporting the podcast and. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Where can people find you and learn more about Power Tribe anything?
1: So the website to check us out on the Power Tribe is www.OurTribeCommunity.com. <laughs> so check us out there. Uh, okay. We are also on Instagram and it is at Power Tribe Community on Instagram. Okay. And then you can find me personally on LinkedIn, Kenya Estun, and I am also on Facebook Kenya Dunn as well as Twitter. My Twitter handle is Kenya Dunn 12. So look me up, connect with me. I'm always looking to make new connections. I
0: appreciate that. Uh, No, thank you. Um, I'm sure people will love to interact with you and learn more about you. So I I just want to issue my last thank you for your time. Um, And thank you for everyone who's listening to the podcast episode. So take care. Have a good one.